All right. Well, if you can take your seats again, we're going to continue. So you can find your seats. We'll give you more opportunity at the end of our meeting to uh, keep talking. So you can make your way back to your seats. So for those of you who are uh, sort of here regular on a, our corporate weekly meetings, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. And again, if you're new here, maybe, you're, maybe this might be your first time here. Things are, we'll do things just a little bit um, different. We've been going through a whole series in the book of Hebrews, and we're going to take a little break from that today. And I want to be able to uh, give Don Smith more time, as Don and Stephanie have been with us the last couple of weeks, and they head back to England um, this week. And Don and Stephanie have been working uh, with our church in friendship and partnership for 13 years now. And so Don and Stephanie were in Charlottetown with our church plant there last Sunday, so it was great for them to be able to be with Andrew and Janet in the church there. And what I wanted to do this morning, I wanted to, Don to help while he's here uh, speak in to encourage us and to uh, continue us pressing forward. But I also want to take this morning to give a bit of an update. And if you're from the city of Fredericton, uh, Mayor Brad Woodside a couple weeks ago did his State of the City address on November 21st and kind of gives an update on past, present, future. And so without a tuxedo on, I'm going to give a little bit of a State of the Church address and uh, we didn't charge you $100 to get in to uh, get your ticket, so very generous here this morning. And I just wanted to share a little bit of an update on sort of past, present, future for us as a church, and I felt we wanted to be able to do it before Christmas, and it gets busy, and before we get into the new year, so that these things that I'm going to share we can pray into, we can find our part in them, and instead of waiting sort of February, March, we want to start in December, uh, casting vision for 2014 and what we believe God's doing. And I want to start with a verse, and uh, it's great because actually, if you were here last Sunday, Brent finished with this verse, and it's the verse I want to start with, just to kind of give a context for what I'm about to share. And so Brent shared last week um, from Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 to 29. So let me just read these to you, and then we'll go from there, Okay. So Paul's writing, he says, We proclaim him, that's Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect, and that word perfect means mature, in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. And Brent said that shared our hearts as elders here at Christ Central. And so that's always been sort of my desire over the last, whew, number of years. Um, as I get older, the years go by. And so I've been helping lead this church for over 11 years now. And so again, let me read that from us, okay, to you saying, we proclaim Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect, mature in Christ. To this end, we labor, struggling with all of God's energy, which so powerfully works in us. And as you were here a few weeks ago, Dave Fellingham was here, and Dave Fellingham uh, was here in 1997, just early days when our church, well, couldn't even say necessarily maybe it was started, but early days of God moving. And this church really was born out of a move of the Holy Spirit in the 1990s, and God provided people like Dave and Rosie and later Don and Stephanie, real parents in the faith to help get us established. And in those early days, it was all about learning, for many of us, about 
Word of God and the Holy Spirit and how those two are linked together. You can't separate them. And many of us came more from a Word of God background. We didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Or we came from a Holy Spirit background, but we didn't really know much about the Word of God. And Don's challenge to us for many, many years has been this, is to try to build a model of church that is Word of God, foundational, centered on Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And by no means have we arrived, but we've come a long way, and God has been faithful. And we've seen from early days of chaos to God helping to bring structure and order and life and growth. Okay, and we've outgrown our building downtown. We've had to move here to UMB. We've been here over five years now, if you can believe it or not, which is incredible, five and a half years. And we've worked hard on trying to understand and apply the grace of God for salvation, everyday life, gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay, biblical church leadership, priesthood of all believers, everyone taking part, all those things from small groups, our corporate meetings, worship, giving, everything. And to some small measure, we've seen some good things in all of that and God growing and moving us forward. And so that's really been the last over 10 years of just trying to build the model. And again, we haven't arrived by any means, but we've got something working and functional that we're always going to be improving upon. But in one sense, one goal has been reached. Not that it's not always moving forward, but we've come a long ways by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Yes. And amen. We're here. That's, that's, we've gone kind of from survival, okay, to actually being functional. And praise God for that. And over the last couple of years, we've been working more and more with Jeremy Simpkins as God's brought things together. And a whole thing of sort of lengthening and strengthening here locally. And for many, many years, we were just focused on us here in Fredericton, which was right. And as we've grown this model, we've been able to lift our heads a bit and to help look at helping others. So the last couple of years, we've helped plant Reese and Sarah in Vancouver, over 5,000 kilometers away. So that's, that has to be God, because that's not very good strategy, okay? So that will let God take the blame or credit for that one. And Reese and Sarah are doing really, really well. And again, they send their greetings as they're um, really coming along, and they're becoming more and more, in a good way, independent and autonomous as they're local church as we work together. Okay, we've been able to plant in Charlottetown, which is great. And again, it was great to have Don and Stephanie there last week to really bring years of experience to help Andrew and Janet in these early days and the church there. Okay, we've given a whole vision, we believe God's saying to us, for Atlantic Canada, at least for Atlantic Canada, for to start out with these 12 cities and towns that have universities in New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and Newfoundland. And we see God working and networking things together. And I encourage, if you missed that message, go back on our website the end of May at our church weekend. I was long-winded on that one. I was like about an hour and 15 minutes. So make sure you've got more than just a noon hour to listen to that one. It really paints the picture for what we believe God is saying to us and speaking to us. And so it might be good for some of you just to even listen to that one again to remind you in light of the things I'm sharing here this morning. So the big question is, for Angela and I, where do we fit in all of that, okay? And so from probably about April, for sure, okay, till now, we've been trying to figure out where do we fit 
in this. And right up till probably this past year, we've always felt called to Fredericton. We've put our heads down. You've had to bear with me anyways. Angela's not a burden, so you get to bear with me. Angela's a joy. And uh, like I said, we've been here right from the beginning of church life and leading since 2002. And it's always good to do this. No matter who you are, it's always good to check, am I where I'm supposed to be? And it's good to check a calling from God. And so from April till now, Angela, that's what we've done. We've been like, man, we've been here leading for 11 years. We've been here from day one. Angela's from Fredericton, four kids. And it's just kind of like, okay, God, we want to be willing that if you want us to go somewhere else, we, we want to be willing. As hard as that would be and as, you know, in some ways painful as that would be for our family, church life, okay, we all should have a yes in our heart that we're willing to go. And we want to hold things loosely because it all belongs to God anyways. And as we sought God, okay, we always do, we always promote the five CSs of seeking God. So those of you who are laughing right now because I've done this with you many times, okay, Commanding scripture, so these are the points we help to hear God's voice. They all start with a C and an S. Commanding scripture, so word of God. We see in the word of God, Jeremiah 29, stay in the city and bless it and have kids and ask for the prospering of the city because as the city prospers, you will prosper. You go, good, I'm staying in where I am. Matthew 28, go, go. To all the nations. Okay, we're ready to go. And commanding scripture, you're trying to weigh through. Okay, God, is that you? Am I? So that's one. Okay? So I'm giving you some points on how to hear from God in our own journey. Okay? There's common sense. Common sense is, okay, we don't have a whole lot of money. We actually have a house here. We've got four kids, three are in school. We're doing okay. Wouldn't it be just common sense to stay the course? Okay. Common sense. You know what? It'd be great to have a new challenge. It'd be great to be somewhere else for all these different reasons, and you're trying to weigh through common sense. So that's your second one. Okay? Count, Council of the Saints. That's your third one. Okay? So we've been seeking with Jeremy and Ann, Donna Stephanie, Dave and Rosie, Kevin and Marilyn, Gary and Barb, Brent and Karen, Many of you in the church, okay, what do you guys think, okay? You know, are these, is everyone just getting bored of me on Sunday morning? I've run out of all my illustrations that I can do. Like, is it time, you know, is it time people just like, come on, Joe, Council of the Saints. Or is the whole thing going to fall apart if Angel and I leave? Council of the Saints. Okay, and sometimes it's hard to know. And you need outside perspective to kind of see things you don't see because we all have blind spots in what you do. So counsel of the saints, okay? Number four, circumstantial signs. And this one's a bit more difficult, okay? But some things just happen that the world would say is coincidence or lucky, but we don't believe in coincidence or lucky. We believe in the sovereignty of God and that God deposits sometimes things that you can't explain that it has to be God. And we saw that with Reese and Sarah, a couple from South Africa living in England, feeling a call to Vancouver that includes us. Okay. Now, the circumstantial signs are Reese, the first time Dave and Rosie were here in 1997, Reese was being mentored by Dave, and Reese was here in Fredericton the very first time we ever met 
him, and he felt a call to Canada during that time, okay? And many, 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 many years later, it all works. You, know, you just think, okay, God's connecting the dots. You can't make that stuff up. It's circumstantial signs. It's like God at work. So you're always looking, okay? Circumstantial signs. Is there things that are God things that the Holy Spirit's putting together? Which leads to the fifth CS, compelling spirit. We are people of the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We walk with the Spirit. We try to keep in step with the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads. And we see in the New Testament all the time, they gather together to pray, and guess what happened? The Holy Spirit said, okay, Paul and Barnabas, I want you to go over here. And Paul would say another time, the whole, we wanted to go there, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let us. Okay. And you need all five of those things working together to hear from God. Because sometimes God in his compelling spirit and faith is going to trump common sense. But sometimes common sense is going to trump some crazy prophetic word. Okay? You need all five working together. And that's what we've been seeking God, all five of those things. And as I said, commanding scripture, you can see a lot of reasons to stay, a lot of reasons to go. Common sense, same thing, all those different things working together. So, to get to the point, okay, Angela and I have been seeking mainly Halifax, do we go? Now, I have to be careful my language here, because I don't want to just say, do we stay in Fredericton, because that sounds not full of faith. So I'm going to phrase it this way. Are we feeling called to go to Halifax, or are we feeling called to go to Fredericton? The big difference in how you view that. And so we've been seeking. To be honest, it's been a very somewhat difficult decision because we've been 50-50 on the fence pretty much up till the last few weeks in seeking that. There's lots of good reasons to go to Halifax. Someone's got to lead the way. Halifax, their biggest city in Atlantic Canada. It's a no-brainer, common sense. We need a church there. Lots of unchurched people, three universities, okay? And sometimes leaders need to, Paul and Barnabas went. And there's lots of things there. I'm from Nova Scotia. Angela's dad's there. My parents are there. They're getting older. We need to take care of them. There's lots of good reasons to go to Halifax. And there's a lot of costs as well. How we pay for it, I'm not quite sure. How we'd start a little church and still look after Fredericton and Charlottetown and other regions, we're not quite sure. Or do we stay in Fredericton? There's lots of good reasons, okay? There's lots of things here that still need to be done. As I've said, can I say it again? We've not arrived in any way. We still have a city to reach. Okay? And there's lots of good reasons to stay. So as we've sought that through, okay, we've received prophetic words from different people who, not even knowing that we're even wrestling through these things. So we're like, oh, that's interesting. So we put that as one piece of the puzzle. But somewhere along the way, you got to get on the inside. No matter what other people say, you got to get on the inside. I feel God speaking. And to be honest, Angela and I, right up to a few weeks ago, we've had lots of different input, great input through all those five CSs. But to be honest, both of us are kind of like, we can add up this column against this column, and it's a tie. It's a draw between Halifax or going to Fredericton. And over the last couple of weeks, just feel as God's, as we've been seeking God, God's kind of went ka-chink, 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 and aligning things up. 
And this is what we believe God's saying to us, and hopefully this will be a blessing to you. Okay? We feel called to go to Fredericton. Okay? Oh. Pam, you were looking awful worried. <laughs> I got poor Pam right here in the front row just keep looking at me, and she's just kind of going like down as I keep talking, right? Sorry, Pam. Hold on. And you're allowed to boo if you think we should have gone to Halifax, okay? So you can talk to us about that one afterwards, okay? So that's why I'm saying we felt we needed to share this with you, even though a lot of you wouldn't even know that whole thing's been going on. The church feel things, whether they understand them or not, and... The things I'm going to explain, you need to know in the light of that bigger decision, okay? So this is what we feel from God in those five CSs, is we feel Fredericton for Angela and I personally and our calling, but as a local church, we believe more and more that we're to be a hub, that we're to be a base, okay, that can train people, send people out, resource people, be a model for people to come and see humbly, we say that, and that there's a lot of things left to do here that for the next several years we need, we need to be in here. And one of the strong prophetic pictures that has come through and over and over again is really like a hub with many spokes going out. And if we're at one of the end of the spokes, it can't support all these other things, but in the hub it, it can. And so that's been one of the major things. And that makes sense. You think of Andrew and Janet coming here, okay, for a year, being trained, resourced, growing, seeing stuff in the church, and then being able to go. We believe things like that are going to happen many, many times. And do you know, the last 24 months, okay, Sally and I went through it, we've had over 60 regular members, people from our church who have gone out in the last two years, okay, 60, that we have in different parts of the world, through university students, people moving for jobs, people feeling called by God to go to different places, church planning, other things. Okay? So it's already happening, folks, and we believe that's going to continue even more. Okay? Now, let me just share with you briefly, okay? and we're going to speak into these things more in the new year, but just so we're on the same page. There are things in this decision that affect us here Locally. So let me just share a couple of them, okay? I'll say it again. One of them is my role is changing here in this local church. And one of the changes is I'm going to be out helping other churches more and more, okay? So we're trying to balance that. First of all, my family, okay, that's the most important part, and in church wise, okay? And so, yes, Brent's been speaking more on a Sunday morning and doing a fabulous job, by the way. Brent, you can take that. So it's not that I'm speaking less. It's pretty much every Sunday Brent's speaking, I'm preparing a message for something else. Okay? So equal amount of time for me, but in resourcing and helping and speaking at other churches, my role's changing here, which means, and I'll say it again, for every one of you in our local church, okay, Life group, fit groups, okay? You need to be connected because we are not building to the one pastor model. So if you think coming to the senior pastor is the thing that's going to help you, 
you're not going to reach me or see me because I'm going to be much busier serving and helping others. But we haven't left you stranded. We've tried to build team and model that you've got life group leaders and life group coordinators and other elders and wives and April and Brent and others who are being trained and gored and that to help. And actually, you know what? They're going to do a better job than the little bit of time you're going to get with me. That doesn't mean I'm inaccessible, but you've got to understand the game plan for what we're doing. Okay? And as we do that, you're going to be blessed and you're going to grow. Okay? But if you think me growing equals my time with Joe, we're going to fall short on that. It's just not physically possible to do that in time. Okay? So role changes is one thing. Another thing we'll speak into more in the new year, but you've got to be aware, we need to change venue here for Sunday morning, okay? And consistently, okay, this fall, um, we've been anywhere consistently 225. A couple Sundays, we've been over 250. We had our first time at the 300 mark a few weeks ago, and this auditorium seats 300, okay? Now, when we moved from our building to here, we were averaging about 110, and our building could hold about 130, and that 130 was, you couldn't see the screen for the words, and you couldn't, it was pretty tight. And we had to convince us that we need to move, even though it meant more work. And so we're looking. Now, here's the thing. We haven't signed anything, so just be careful what you say. But we're seriously looking at the Trade and Convention Center as our next move, because it's about the only place left that we can fit a big auditorium with all the different rooms for uh, our kids and parking, accessibility, all of that. So we're going there for our conference, which I'll talk about in a minute. But we're seriously looking at that into the new year to be able to have more room for growth. We don't feel this time led to go to two services. So that isn't on our radar. We want to keep us together. And for how we have our church meetings, two services would not be conducive to what we want to do. So, so there's a cost to it, though. There's trade-offs. There's things that we can do at the convention center if we go there that we can't do here, and there's things we do here that we can't do there, and it's a whole lot more money. So that's the bottom line. So you need to be aware of that. The other thing I just want to mention locally, and then a couple things translocal, is with all these things, okay, we really need you to take ownership by the Spirit of God to say, I'm a part of things, and I'm committed. And some of the things we need to do in the new year, okay, and I'm going to use the M word, which brings fear to some people, membership, okay? But the way things are legally in our country and the way things are in society, okay, we need both a way, regardless of all of that, spiritually, we need a way to know who are we shepherding as, a, as elders, as shepherds of this flock that we're accountable to God for, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, legally, there's a lot of things we need to know sort of who's on board because it affects a lot of different things in society. So that's coming, and we have to embrace that and not be fearful of it, and we'll teach into that. And with that comes a commitment to get in and serve, find out what your gifts are, find a part to play, and unashamedly say, we need your financial backing. Okay, for us to do these things. So if you've been blessed in any way through this church, either on a Sunday morning, life group, at the drop-in, youth group, kids' church, whatever it might be, okay, that's because someone else has sacrificed 
and given for you to be blessed. And for us to even look at getting possibly a new building, change of venue, staffing, all those things, we'll be blunt. We need finances to do all those things. And to be a blessing to see a church plant in Charlottetown, Halifax, to reach out to the poor, to reach out to those who don't know Jesus, that requires financial backing. So we need your commitment in those things. A couple of things translocally is this. Okay? We've got Terry Virgo coming in April. We're hosting for the first time in 15 years a conference, which is a big deal. We're not doing a conference just for the sake of doing a conference. We're doing a conference because we believe God wants us to be an encouragement and a strength and to equip other churches and other denominations who are asking a lot of questions about how we do church. And again, not that we have it all figured out, not that we're perfect, but more and more people are coming saying, how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do leadership with eldership and without voting? How do you do all that? How do you manage and work spiritual gifts in our day and in our time? How do we do this? All kinds of questions. And we felt one of the best things we can do is to resource and to help other churches is to have a conference. Terry, father of our church family, great teacher of the word, man of the spirit, lots of experience as the anchor for being able to help our local church, our church plants, but also other churches. We need you, okay, to make that a priority. So April 24th to the 27th from a Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, right into Sunday morning. We're at the Trade and Convention Center. It's already booked. Okay? We're looking to invite many churches from Atlantic Canada, from all denominations, from the U.S., from across Canada. We're going to need people there to serve and be hosts and to be uh, runners and to be jack-of-all-trades, help us in every way. We need you to commit now to put some money aside. It costs to do this. So, yes, there is a registration, and yes, we need you to pay the registration, <laughs> even if you're serving, okay? We're going to double tax you, okay? It's a lot of money, okay? But we want to be a blessing to Atlantic Canada, to Canada, to the nations, okay? And we believe it's God's timing to bring things together to do that. So what I'm asking is, please don't complain that you've got to pay money, okay? I'll just be up front. Okay, if you were to go to any other concert, any other conference of anything, you would pay a ton of money and you wouldn't think anything of it. And if you start now, a couple dollars a day, you can save till the end of April. And we're not doing our church weekend this year. So the money that you would have paid for the registration for the church weekend, you can put towards the conference. And we're working on a thing for the end of May for our kids. We're looking at doing a weekend event at the end of May to help our kids who won't be involved in the conference we've got something special for them for this year as well and we'll give you more details in the new year and don can speak into anything for the conference okay the other thing the other two things is we got mark and debbie rushworth coming january 2nd and their two kids grace and josh mark spoke at our church weekend back in may and you got to understand everything i've just shared to get to why in the world are mark and debbie coming here for six months Mark's an elder in City Church in Sheffield, England. Well, this is how God works. God unites hearts together and calls people from different backgrounds. And Mark and Debbie are feeling called to Canada. They feel joined in heart with us here at this church. And it makes no sense whatsoever. 
So it's one of those God things that we're going to take a step of faith. And we've been diligent. Okay, they're coming for six months. Their church is paying their salary. Hallelujah. We're paying. We've got a room for them on Needham. And we're furnishing it and providing a vehicle. And for six months, we're going to see what God's going to do. And Mark's going to help us in our worship and our teaching and our leadership development. He's going to work with Gord and helping with kids, all these different things. Okay. And we're going to see what God does in those six months. And so this is what I'm asking for you. Will you please embrace them with love and kindness? They've never experienced a winter like this before. <laughs> Let me say that again. Can you embrace them with warmth <laughs> and meals and kindness as they come? So they arrive January 2nd. They're with us till like the end of June. And just as you embraced Andrew and Janet so well in their family in the past year, asking just to be yourselves and to embrace and to love them, and we'll see what God's going to do. And the last thing I just want to share is that Halifax is still on our radar, okay? And we have Adam, Joanne, and Langel for sure that are feeling called to go and just to establish a bit of a foothold, okay? They're not saying they're going to lead a church plant or anything, but they're feeling God's called us very clearly to go and to be some of the first to go and to get established and at least be a touch point for the future. So they're going to be moving next summer, summer of 2014, to help us with that. We have several others who are seriously considering going as well as they're feeling called to Halifax. And we don't know who's going to lead it. We don't know all the details, but we know this, God's working and stirring and moving, and we want to be obedient to him. And so we want to bless Adam and Joanna and their step of faith and get behind that in prayer and as we seek God to show us what's going to happen from there. So there you go. Without a tuxedo, a bit of the state of the church address. Some of you are looking much more happier now than nervous. I had your attention, though, didn't I? Right in the middle. I was like, you could have heard a pin drop. So again, God's speaking to us, okay? Remember, it's his church. Jesus is the head, okay? Jesus is the chief overseer of our souls. Jesus is the senior pastor. He's the lead elder of this church and he's building his church but he uses people to do it and so for Angela and I we humbly thank you again for all your love and support in the last 11 years and we look forward to continuing to serve you and thank you that you're embracing us and the hecklers you can speak to us afterwards if you were hoping that we were going you can let us know afterwards and we believe that there's many firsts here to happen in Fredericton. And again, can you have the mindset? We're not staying in Fredericton. We're going to Fredericton. We're equally going to Fredericton as if we were going anywhere else because we need to reach the city for Jesus Christ. And we want to be a blessing to resource and serve, okay, Atlantic Canada, Canada, and to the nations, okay? So I just want to pray into this and then I'm going to ask Don, okay? I asked Don, we were just trying to figure out when do I share this? Do I share this next? week and give Don all this morning. And I personally just felt, you know what? Don and Stephanie have been like parents to Angela and I in the faith and in leadership. And I wanted him to hear this while he's physically here and sort of as having a dad in the house to be able to hear. And I just asked Don to kind of just speak in and to confirm some of these things as we've been working through. And again, I just want to honor Don and Stephanie 13 years now helping us. Okay. So thank you, Don and Stephanie. Mm -hmm.
I just want to pray as Don comes, and I've used up most of his time, but that's okay. And can you get the worship leader near the front? Yes. Yeah. So Dan, if you can come near the front, Dan, just get ready to lead worship soon. Thanks. Okay. Let me just pray for Don. I just want to publicly thank him and Stephanie. Okay. And we just want to ask uh, God's continued blessing on them and to uh, yeah. So Father, we just want to thank you so much that your everything is from you and through you and for you. And it all starts with you. And, Father, we just thank you for your mercy upon our lives, Lord, that you would reveal to us Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and save us and bring us into your family and that you would bring us into a worldwide family and that we'd be about your purposes and your plans and your glory. And, Father, I just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness over these years, God, what you've done and taken us through and where you're going to take us to now. And, Father, we thank you for Don and Stephanie and for their faithfulness and their friendship Lord, and using them, Lord, to help build and establish this church. And God, I pray, even now, Lord, as Don just shares a few words, Lord, would you speak through him and bring a yes and amen, Lord, to what we believe are your purposes and plans. God, so thank you that you speak today. Thank you that you lead us and guide us. And as we try to hear your voice, Lord, we want to say yes and make ourselves available to be used by you for your glory and our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Don. Dan Steve thinks he's been invited down to play music. He hasn't been. I want to have something I can have a go at, really. No, I'm joking. You just sit there. If you sit there, he's a big man. He's a big man. He's a big man. Oh, no, that's Dickens. Let's all stand up and shake ourselves. You're all going to sleep. Come on, stand up. Shake yourself. Come on. Let's wake up. Come on, shake yourself. You've got lots to shake. Some of you have anyway, haven't you? Come on. Get awake. Come on, wake up. Okay, let's sit down. That's good news this morning, isn't it? Hey, hallelujah. Praise God. When I came, I knew Joe's thinking, but I didn't know his decision. And uh, I knew I couldn't uh, say yes or no. I had to be impartial. I can't tell him what to do. I can only give him, this is Halifax, this is Fredericton. But when he announces that the elders' meetings, I must admit, I did feel very relieved. Like some of you this morning, all right? <laughs> Praise God. But so it's exciting. It's exciting. I've got great love for these, for Joe and uh, Angela and Gary and uh, Barb. And I've been telling me Kevin, I think he's got such love for me now. He's had me for three or four weeks. Poor man, he's going grey. Look at his hair. It was black when I come. And Marilyn and now Brent. God is building a mighty city. But I have a great love for this church as well. I love the church. I love the church. I don't mean ding-dong bells. People who say they're religious and go to church. I don't mean it. I mean people who love our Lord Jesus Christ. When you talk to them, they, they spark up. I've got to talk about Jesus. And they, they wake up. You know, don't go around all night and talk about football. You know, ah, I'll raise my <laughs> Got him, didn't I? The, the church is people who've been born again, who've got a new life in the inside, who love our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a, even under their trials and their tribulations and their problems, there's a joy that lays in them. I've been in the, 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 the hospital ward many times to remember the congregation died of cancer, all that. And it's, it's, it's a joy sometimes 
to hear the, 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 to see how their confidence in God. My people don't die in faith. They die by faith in absolute confidence, you know, in God. I remember Pete Archer being there the whole night, as he, the two nights as he was dying. Man with four kids dying young. And not one word of complaint there. And he, 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 a man who died by faith. I mean people who are born again. We're full of people out there in our churches who are not born again, who are going to be religious. They're going to get their insurance policy. Come on, brothers and sisters. We're in the church of God. We've been bought by precious blood. We're children of God. You know, owned from eternity past into eternity future. Wonderful, isn't it? Now, you may not be in that this morning. If you're, in it, if you're not in it this morning, you've got every reason to be miserable. As I told somebody, I don't know why I told them this week, because I talk so much when I'm here. I said to somebody, you're a Christian, this is the only hell you're going to get. If you're a non-Christian, this is the only heaven you're going to get. You've got hell to come. The Christians, have, uh, this is their hell, this is their difficulty, they've got glory to come. And they, if you're a non-Christian, you've got hell to come. You know, why I say that? Come on, brothers and sisters, are we serious? All right, now let's get serious now. Let's look at something. What should I look at this morning? I've been, I, the, book, the book that keeps coming back to me is that one called Zechariah. Uh, it, it's near the end of the Old Testament. It, there's books of restoration. The books of rest, they've been into captivity. They've been taken away into captivity. And uh, the, they, they begin to return. And you get Ezra, Nehemiah, Zechariah, uh, Haggai, and Malachi are all ones of them coming back to the, the, the promised land to rebuild. And I think we live in a day like that. We've gone day, through days when the church is in a dreadful state. You don't believe me. You've got churches in every corner, haven't you? Don't make much difference in a country, does it? Does it? Same in England. I read in the, on, the, uh, on the news from England, the Archbishop says within two decades, the Anglican church won't be there if things don't change. Two decades, it won't be there. And... Uh, 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 we've, another little article I saw there: a, a, a Christian couple who run their house, and they let two, you know, they do bed and breakfast, taken to court because they wouldn't accept homosexuals in their house. Take the court now, and uh, you can't wear a cross if you work for certain uh, businesses now. It's it's, it's uh, offensive. You can wear a burqa up to here. That's not offensive. You wear a cross, it's offensive. Listen, it's a difficult day. It's a day, but it's not a day to be discouraged. It's an exciting day because God is drawing his people together again. He's beginning to put in doctrine. Doctrine isn't this tripe we get in these little books. It's the great truths of the gospel. You know, what they say, let's preach the felt needs. How do you feel this morning? Well, shut up. Tell them how great our God is. Tell them what Christ has done for them on the cross. Tell them what he can do for them. That's what they need to know. That's what they need to know. We need to teach those great doctrines. But on that, we need the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it comes across dead, orthodox, right, but cold. I went to hear a minister in my town. He's very well known. He had a very high position in a Bible school, a very precise Bible school. I thought, go and listen to him. And I went and listened to him. And it was not a word wrong. He didn't go very far where I would go on the things of the Spirit. But it wasn't wrong. But it was dead. It was like eating muesli. With no milk in the morning. You need milk on muesli. It was manna without the no dew of the Holy Spirit on it. We don't want that. How can you preach the unsearchable riches of Christ as if you were doing a lecture in a morgue? <laughs> Listen, 
in Zechariah, they've come back. Some of them, not many, they've come back across the desert. And a man called, let me get his name right, uh, uh, um, Barakiah and Ido. I'll tell you the story. Don't look at it because I've got to be quick this morning. It's an old man. He's in cavity. He's an old man, like me. He's an old man. And he grabs his grandson's hand. They're going home. It's his grandson, little kid. And they go with the crowd across the burning desert. Thirst, hunger, robbers, all the dangers, right across the desert, day after day. With this little old men don't go through deserts. Kids, you don't take through deserts. You can help it. Why does he do it? Why does he do it? Because he's a priest. Zachariah's a priest. And granddad's a priest. And he knows when we get home to Jerusalem, we're going to need priests. So his old boy takes his little son, grandson, and they tramp across the desert with him, and they arrive back in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is shambles. You know, it looks, it's been burnt, it's been smashed down. They're trying to gather, knock a few houses together, trying to get a bit of food out. They're surrounded by enemies who want to crush them, who hate them, who don't want them here, rather like the Jews today. They want to, don't want them there at all. They want to crush them out. We don't want you here. We want to kill you. We want to destroy you. And they're trying to get a bit of living, build a few houses. And this young man begins to grow up. He gets into his teenage, and like most teenagers, he gets suddenly wants to do something stupid. He wants to preach. You're not a preacher. You're a priest. Priests are, un, are interested in the outside. They're interested in what you're dressed like, all the outside. You know? but, the, but prophets are concerned about the inside, the heart. But now he wants to preach. Don't be stupid. You're not a preacher. And he does the most wonderful sermon. You, you'd love it. I know you'd all love it. How do I know you'd love it? It only lasts for two minutes. <laughs> listen. Listen what he says. This is what the Lord said. The Lord was very angry with your forefathers. Therefore, tell this, the people, this is what the Almighty, Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. Right? Hear what he says. Um, do not be like your forefathers, to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways, your evil practice. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your forefathers now? Where are the prophets? Do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded your servants, your prophets, overtake your forefathers? Let me give you three little things I pick up from here. The word in this Bible is not so good. It's not the Lord Almighty. It's the Lord of hosts. What does he say to these people who tramped across this burning desert, starving, thirsty, in, in danger of, of thieves and robbers? They got back. He says, congratulations, you've done very well. He says, repent. Because they were not doing something wrong. They were returning to a place, to an altar, to a temple, and not to a person. Listen, we don't come to Christ Central as a church. We don't come to New Frontiers. We don't even come to Joe Crummy. Christ Central means we come to Christ. We've got to keep Christ center of all that we do. And we move one inch, then we shed so I better not say that. We don't move one inch. He says, I, I thought he'd congratulate you. You've done very well. You come across the desert. It's repent. Return to me. We've got to make sure you've got your own relationship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't come here and live off your drippings from Joe and, and uh, Gary and Brent's table. You have your own relationship. Return unto me. Come back to me. I thought, hey, 
Because you come to a cranky church that jumps up and down and sings and doesn't mean you've come back to God. I, I challenge you this morning. You must have your own relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. You must come to God and you must have that. If you repeat what you hear me, I love talking to people and, and being naughty. You know, what do you think about Galatians then? Uh, 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 and they repeat a bit they've heard from the preacher three years ago and a bit they heard from somebody else and it comes to nothing. You've got to have your own relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're just a dead stone in the wall. You're a crumbly old stone. It's, don't be trendy to be in a trendy church with a trendy pastor. And all this sort of vision thing, that's wonderful. But first of all, we come back to him. Return unto me, he says to us. That staggered me when I saw for that. And then it says, he's the, it says the, he's the Lord of hosts. Gary mentioned this morning, 10,000 times 10,000 are the hosts of God. Sometimes we, like they did, we feel a bit, a bit pushed, don't we? The laws they're going against. We in Eastbourne, they let the, we let the well. I'm not in the church there now, but we let when I was there, we let the building out. And it's a conference centre, and every time we had a teachers' conference, there was masses of complaints yeah, about us. They're against homosexuals. We're not against homosexuals. If you're homosexual, you're welcome to come here. We'll help you get out of it. We help you to repent and be filled with God's spirit. You know, we're not against. We want to come, but. Always we've got complaints. We're always getting, I'd go to solicitor, how do you answer this complaint? All that. We're under bombardment out there. You know? But listen, the Lord of hosts is on our side. 10,000 times 10,000 are the angels of God. We're not the majority. I was, listen, I was thinking as you sung that first chorus, somebody, our God reigns. Psalm 1, he set his son on the holy hill of Zion. It's not a question in the universe if Jesus is going to be on the throne. He's on the throne. Let the heathens rage, it says in Psalm 2. Let them rage. Let them do what they like. I've already done, put it, it's all over. My king's already there. Right? And they, they feel very lonely. But he says, the Lord of hosts is with you. Listen, almighty God is with us. When we lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, every power in heaven, every angel, all the resources are behind that. Why do you know why? Because what he brought forth at the cross was the bribe. Listen, listen. This is the bold again believers. This is the pinnacle of the creation, the new creation. It's better than the old creation. The new creation is the bride of Christ, which he's going to come for one day, and she's going to be beautiful and lovely and radiant. He's not coming for an old hag. Half beaten, staggering around. She's going to be there, glorious, filled with the Spirit of God. She'll be under, under fire. She'll be under fire. Because it's going to get darker and darker out there. But it's going to get brighter and brighter as the saints stand up. Listen to you. It's the Lord of hosts is with us. The God Almighty, who in a moment created the universe. But even that universe isn't the height of it. The mountains, the skies, the seas, the stars, the galaxies. That's not the height of God's wisdom. The manifold wisdom of God is seen in the church. He's seen in you. Say from some backwood in Canada. Me from a South London council estate. You up there. God broke into you when you were far away from God. When you were in some sort of dreadful scene, God came to you. That's the height of God's creation, this new creation. And the Lord of hosts is with us. Another thing he says, this is more of a warning one. He says, your forefathers, they didn't listen to my word. They've gone. But my word came forth. The warning was the word of warning. Let me read it to you. Uh, warning was this. What the Almighty says to the forefathers, turn from your evil ways and your practice, but they would not listen or pay attention to my degrees because, Lord, where are your, 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 your forefathers now? They're not here. They've gone. 
Where are the prophets who did that? They've gone. But did not my word and my decrees, which I commanded the servants, the prophets, overtake your forefathers? What's he saying? God's word will be fulfilled. The trouble with us is we're instant Christians. Do you know what I mean? I want a tree. I go, when I was young, I used to work for a, a plants company. Plants nursery. Do you get that sort of nursery? Yeah. And you, you'd come along in the summer and there would be a field of roses. And you go along and you'd name, put the name down, the rose you wanted. You'd put the order in at the office. And in the autumn, they would go and dig it up, put it in a sack, wrap it around in some stuff around it, and post it to you. Now they go and say, I want that one now. In flower, in a pot, and take it away. We're instant Christians. And we sometimes make God like that. Listen, God is not in a hurry. He's not in a panic. But God's word will be fulfilled. Whether here, where it's a threat. If you continue doing what you, conti- you do, I will deal with you. Like a father sometimes, God stands back and waits a long time before he moves. He says, the prophets are dead. They're gone. The, your forefathers are gone. But what I said came upon you because they went into captivity. That's the negative side. What are you doing that God's saying, don't do? Where are you muddling in? Where God says, don't do it. And you say, he's not listening. Israel said that. They say, he's not listening. He doesn't take no notice of us any longer. And one day, whoop, in came judgment. So be warned. If you're in things you shouldn't be in. God is loving, patient, and kind. He's giving you a chance to repent. Listen to me. He's giving you a chance to repent. But he's not slack that he will follow up his word in the end. Let's come the other way. You've been promised sight by God, and it hasn't happened. Perhaps you pray for someone who's unsaved, a husband or a wife, a child or a relation. Keep praying. If God has spoken to you sometime or the other, he will fulfill that word. Let me give you an illustration. I was teasing Marion this morning. I'm always teasing Marilyn this morning. I'm always teasing her. It keeps her from teasing me, I suppose. God has promised to save a great multitude from Israel. He hasn't done it for 2,000 years, has he? But one day he will. Romans, you get in the middle of Romans, one day there's going to be a mighty outpouring of the Spirit in Israel. I'm not for this cranky Israel stuff. You know, people go potty about it in the wrong way. But I believe one day God is going to save multitudes. We've gone down 2,000 years, he hasn't done it. But one day he will. Listen, if he's made promises to you this morning, if you know sure a promise God has made to you, don't give in. Don't give up. Keep telling him about it. Keep reminding him of it. Because his word will be fulfilled. I'm, I don't know what time. Yeah, I'm, right, right, I'm all right. So. Are, you hear me? Are you hearing me? Listen, I just want to do a little bit more and we'll, we'll stop. This prophet begins to see visions. A vision is something you actually see. A dream is what you have at night. If I eat Stilton cheese, I have dreams. <laughs> now, some Christians think they're from God. They're not. They're from Stilton cheese, right? A vision is something you actually see in front of you. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I used to have a lady in one of the churches, and she, she, had, she was to stay up all night writing this. She used to give me pages, six pages of A4, written on both sides. <gasps> I've got to read all this. I re- read it, and I, I can't un- more than once she go, I couldn't understand it. She used to get up in the night and write it down. And... Uh, 
one day I said, well, come on, I can't understand. It's, it's six pages of people going up trees and down chimneys and goodness knows what. I don't know what it's all about. What, what do you think God's trying to say to you? God loves you. So we didn't need to keep your whole night for that. I know it anyway. <laughs> I'm not talking about that cranky stuff. She was a nice lady, but she was silly. I said, you better go to sleep. I know that anyway. God's starting it. Listen, but there are times when you have vision. I once had a vision in my life. And I knew God was speaking to me. I was not looking for God. I was on holiday. I was doing something. I was going through a causeway from an island. I'm thinking, I've got to get, I've got to, get to there. I've got to get time. I must get back before the tide comes in with some people. And suddenly, I'm sitting on the grass, and God's talking to me. My pulse is going. He has visions. Something he can see. And this is what he sees. He sees, he says, um, during the night, I had a vision. Uh, and what he, he, he sees, I won't, I won't, it takes too long. He's down in a little ravine. In his vision, he's down in a little ravine, and it's surrounded by little myrtle trees. And that's like what they feel. They're tucked away in this little ravine, frightened of what's going on around them, trying to make a living. All these little scrubby trees, they're called myrtle trees. You can have a little white flower, and they, if you rub the leaves, they smell, right? And uh, he's, he's, he's there, and he's, he, he, they're, what they feel, that's what they feel like. We're just these little people. We don't add up to nothing. Down this little ravine, a bit frightened. And suddenly, he realizes there's people moving around on horses. And he suddenly realizes, God is there. Right down in these little scrappy little people. They should have been oaks of righteousness. They'd walked with God. They should have been uh, uh, cedars of Lebanon, great mighty cedars. Because of their sin, they were scrappy little bushes stuck in this ravine. But listen, God was there. God is with us. When we preach this gospel, when we lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, and what does God say? He says, I am very jealous. God is an emotional God. Now, I'd like you to tell some of those people at the old blog church down the road that God is emotional because they don't have any emotions, do they? God is emotional. He said also he was angry. God is jealous for his people. He's jealous. I gave Joe the illustration. I said I might do this to Joe. And we talked about it. I said, if I... Give Angela a clip in the ear, Joe will give me a punch on the nose. Because he's jealous for Angela. God is jealous for you in that way. It says just a little further on in the next chapter, you're the apple of his eye. You're the I've got to find something I can get to. Ah, you're right. Right. We use the phrase nowadays, apple of his eye. A young man, the girl is the apple of his eye. That's not what it means here. It means your pupil. Uh, it's your pupil is the apple of your eye, right? Right? God says of you, you're the apple of his eye. Can I just poke it for you? Can I poke your pupil? He would, re- he would, act, rem- he would act very violently if I poked his pupil. When the enemies of God are touching us, they're touching the apple of God's eye. He, that you, God reacts and responds. And we are living in days where it seems very dark. And very different. I'm, I'm going to flick one, one more. There's two more visions. One is where some, he sees some great horns, and four men come out. They're blacksmiths or smiths, they call them smiths. Notice it. And these horns represent the powers that have come against them, and they saw them off. Listen, these represent the powers that have come against Israel and crushed them, taken them into captivity. And these, like blacksmiths or carpenters, come out and they saw them off. Like that. God will break their. He will break their power. I was brought up in my early Christian days with the great communist thing. All the Christian books were about how they were going to take over the world and we had to do something about it. 
we, uh, 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 we, that uh, this was the great anti-God thing. Where is it now? Where is it now? You're not European. I'm European. I never believed they'd let the, the Germans would let the Germans ever get together again. Yeah, you know, why? They lost what nearly thirty odd million people. The Russians in the war. They're never going to let Germany get together again and threaten them. And then one day they're bashing that Berlin Wall down. Yeah. Suddenly it crumbles. This great empire. You know, Stalin was killing Christians. He was putting them in prison. You could have your children removed from you if you taught any Christianity. And he was trying to snuff out Christianity. But this great power what seemed to be there threatened all of us. It's blown away, isn't it? It's gone. I went to Moscow about three years after it opened up. The airport was a fearful state. I went to this cinema and uh, people came and sat around me and suddenly they started. You have no You think it's noisy here? You should have been there. Every singer had a microphone and they were full built and a thousand people like us, in jeans and scruffy, you know, we are, you know, not nice suited, I don't mean in a nice way, began to worship God within a few minutes of Red Square. You can't beat the church. You can bash it down, you can smash it down, whatever you do, but it comes up again somewhere else. I'd, I'd never been in a meeting where it was so noisy. There was the woman who led the worship, I was frightened not to worship because she made me, she looked at and all these singers, and the, the whole place lifted. Listen, God can cut them off at any time. The big three at home is the Muslims, Islam, you know. When God gets his time, it will come crumbling down. Do you remember the statue in Daniel? Perhaps you don't. There's a bit in Daniel where the king has a dream and, he's, and this great statue. And what happens, he sees in his dream, a little stone hits its feet and it comes crumbling down. It's a massive statue made of various metals. And Daniel gives the interpretation, right? And he's... He, what it is, it represents all the empires that have gone before. All the great empires uh, have gone before. They, oh, I can't find it. Now, there it is. Uh, it represents all the empires that have gone from history. The Roman Empire. Lasted for hundreds of years. You could be born in it, die in it. Your mother and father could have been born in it and died in it. It was the Roman Empire. Where's it now? It's tried to smash out Christianity. The British Empire didn't last for five minutes. That's gone, isn't it? The Communist Empire's gone. The Greeks have gone. They've all gone. What brings them down? Listen. He says, this, this, this uh, statue was hit in the feet, right? And it comes tumbling down. It's hit by a little stone that's cut out of the mountain. This stone is cut out of a mountain. It's in his vision, cut out of the hands, and it hits the statue, and it all comes t coming down, and it blows away like chaff on a summer thrashing floor. That little stone is the kingdom of God. And he goes on to say, if I can find it, let's turn the page. In, those, those, in the times of those kings, the God of heaven will set up, a, uh, set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, will not be left to any other people. It will crush those kings and bring them to an end. But it will endure forever. It will endure. They come down and they're blown away like chaff on a, thrashing, uh, a, a, a summer thrashing floor. I'm sitting in the Moscow uh, uh, um, airport. The cheats don't work. The windows were blocked up in those days. We went to a hotel 20 floors up. I was up and couldn't find any food. Couldn't find nothing. It's shambles. There's people in the street selling me a few apples. And we were told that was the empire that was going to crush us. It's gone. Like chaff on a summer thrashing floor. Whatever threatens us now, our God will deal with. In his time, in his way. Got me? Two more minutes. No. Five more minutes. <laughs> 
There's one more I want to get to. I can't do them, and I'm doing them very fast. I know I'm doing them very fast. He then sees another vision. He's living in a city that's all smashed up, but they're beginning to try and work out where the roads go. And we're going to have a road here, and we're going to have houses there. They're trying to repair this wrecked city. So in his mind, he must be full of those things. And in the next vision, he sees a young man going down and measuring the city. That's where the wall's going to be. In those days, they had walls to protect you, right? Walls around your city to protect you. And that's, so he's measuring it. And the young man says, go and tell him, wasting your time measuring it. It's going to be bigger than you think. It's going to be bigger than you think. Christians always want to put limits on what they're doing. I, you go, uh, uh, I used to live 25, uh, no, yeah, about 25 miles from central London. You can go into central London on the train, 25 miles, 20 miles in, and there's a wall. Somebody in the past, that's where it's going to finish. Now it goes out another 25 miles. And you go to many of our, uh, our cities, they have a wall. But they no, no longer define the edge of the city. The city's gone out beyond. What we're in is bigger than you think. Don't put limitations on it. Christians are always putting limitations on God and on their faith. When I started a little group in Hastings, by mistake, I didn't plan to start a church. We just wanted to, we got bats on the spirit, couldn't find no church to go to. We thought, could we gather 20 or 30 people just to enjoy the spirit? Now, we then we contacted Terry. He had a church, little church he's changed down the road. Now, we've got churches in Japan, Russia, all through the eastern provinces there, the old Russian empire, across Europe. We've even got churches in Canada, Mexico. It is much bigger. One time, Terry called our little movement Coastland. I think it was Coastlands. So we did little coast, south coast of England. Right? We're always putting limits on it. What we're in is much bigger than you think. I believe we're preparing for a day of a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. I believe we're preparing the ground for a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. And um, I... I'd like to see revival, proper revival. I don't mean the way the Americans, but they mean a bright meeting. To me, a revival is where God breaks in, right across Europe. And you can look into our history. I've brought a book with me, but I won't now use it. When our country has been appallingly bad, I've, got, I've put it down somewhere, now I won't go to it, it takes too long, uh, where drunkenness, sin, violence has been dreadful. And where the church, is what I've got a quote in there, where a bishop says, Talking about Christianity is just laughter. We know it's now a myth. This is a bishop. Right? One of the chapters, I gave it to Marion to read. At the beginning of the chapter, it's telling what England was like. You know, right from the top, right down. Uh, the churches, free churches, Anglican churches, most of, most of them not even knowing the gospel. Many of them just doing it for the money. And the st- nations are in a dreadful state. And by the en- end of the chapter, there's full-blown revival. Thousands getting saved. What happened? When I see the crowds, when I'm at Heathrow Airport, when I go to, into London sometimes, I see the crowds. I think, how do you stop them? There's a man who comes in from another town into our precinct, and he stands in the precinct, and he's shouting out scripture. Well, they all think he's loony. They just walk past him. Just a loony. How do you stop them? How, do you, how are we going to stop them? I don't know how we're going to do it. But one day, God's going to do it. In those days, what did God do? He began to lift up men. He preached the gospel in power. House Harris, um, Whitfield, Wesley, 
um, Rollins. They didn't even know each other at the beginning. Whitfield gets saved. He's not even quite clear. He's, he's saved, but he's not quite clear. And in London, there's great areas of grass. They're called commons. And they would be bear baiting, dog fighting, cock fighting, all sorts of things going on there. Well, within a few weeks, he's got 20,000 people listening to him preach the gospel. And you think, God. And they, they, was, they weren't playing. I was, but, but they, they used to bring big poles, some of the non-Christians, and try and knock him off his stand. Right? They used to do other things, like get in trees, take all their clothes off, and try and put him off his stroke. Suddenly, God lifts up men who've got a voice. Suddenly, John the Baptist comes on the scene. Suddenly. Hundreds of years, he's dead, nothing's been said. And suddenly, God's on the move again. As they say in Narnia, the lion's back. The lion's back. Can I tell you, he's back. He's back. There's whispers of it. It's not going to be winter for much longer. God is moving. What do I say to you then? Come and join us. Come and be serious. One of the things I found when I started in Hastings and Eastbourne was there are lots of Christians, so-called, who want to come and have the bread and wine. And we love a good song. We like a little knees up. But we don't want to be serious. This is a day to be serious. Stop playing about. If this gospel is true, is it true? Is it true? Don't say it quickly. If it's true, then it's worthy you to put everything you've got into it. Go back to what I said earlier. If it's not true, go out and enjoy what's out there, because that's all you're going to get. If it's true that Almighty God came from the glories of heaven to save me, who didn't want him, who had no time for him, who came, it's not, I, I, it's, it's unbelievable. It's not just a nice song. It's not just a nice song. Not, it says in Jeremiah, they listen to your words like a nice song sweetly played. They take no notice. You know, Stephanie has the radio on at home and she's not listening to it. She's taking no notice. This is not, this is not how we treat the gospel. Is it true? Answer yourself this morning. Is it true? It's time to get serious. It's time to get serious. To me, it's always amazing me. I am, I don't know, how old am I? 73. And what do I feel? Two very big churches started by me. Many other churches greatly affected. People out of those churches have gone and put, put for other churches. And people say, you must have done wonderfully well. You must be pleased. I don't feel pleased at all. I feel, John, if you'd only had a bit more faith, so much more could have been done. I don't feel proud. I feel the other way. Sometimes I've always said, if you'd only had more faith, how much more could have been achieved? I'm challenging you this morning. Stop chatting yourself out of it. Stop giving us old black. You know. It's serious. It's a day to be serious. They rebuilt later. They rebuilt the temple, and the but the amazing thing was, they knew one. They were told in Malachi one day he would come. One day, the Messiah walked into that temple. Desire the nations to arrive. Malachi, you find that one day Jesus. They were trying to get it going and build it. But one day the king himself came there. 
is exciting days. Can I ask you, be serious. I, I could say things. I, I, you're very dodgy when you talk to somebody else's congregation. But I want to complain about, I've complained to Joe. I'm going to complain again this morning. We don't know how to take a correction. The bag didn't get to me again this morning. I've got a pocket full of money I was to get rid of before I went home. Can't get rid of it. No, too late now. No, no. Let's go back. I challenge you this morning. This is the day of God's power. It says in the Psalms, my people are willing. Don't be satisfied with just bright meetings, jumping up and down. Come and join us. And when you get to my age, you'll, you'll be amazed at what God has done. I believe, not, I think Atlantic Canada is only the start of what God wants to do from this place. God has brought a good team together. He's made a very good church. We're not just one church. Come on, brothers and sisters. We need to lift up a banner. We need to lift up this gospel in confidence that our God is a Lord of hosts, almighty to save, and reigns and rules. And he loves his church. It's his most precious thing he's got. He doesn't love angels a great more than me. He loves me more than angels this morning. He loves you more than angels this morning. He sent his son to redeem you. Let's be serious. We're not playing a game. Let's rejoice. Can we rejoice this morning? Really rejoice. We're not after high worship, we're after rejoicing. Can you do it? If you can't, I'll have to do it. Let me pray while they pull themselves together. Lord God, I want your spirit to move this morning. I grow old and soon I won't be here. But I want to ignite others. I want to ignite others with a joy for you and a delight in your church. Holy Spirit, come this morning. Do your work amongst us. Make Jesus real to every heart this morning. Come and make him real. If people have wandered in this morning who don't know you, come and make yourself real to them. If we're Christians this morning, come and fill us with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That we delight in him. And we delight being with his people, worshipping you. Oh, Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Give us revelation. Maybe not get used to this as mundane and everyday, like a song being sung on the radio. But it might come to us with waves of joy and delight and thrill. That causes us just to worship you and love you and adore you and be amazed that we're in. To your praise, to your glory and to your honour. Amen.